Blog Talk Radio. Granado, and for the next hour, we'll do nothing but talk Wings Lacrosse and the happenings going on as of now in the National Lacrosse League. Tonight, my guest will be, again, none other than Wings defenseman Brett Manny. He will be joining me um, a little later tonight at around 6.40 as he is um, speaking to students over at Drexel University uh, about the game of lacrosse and comings and goings and, you know, things to do and, you know, things, you know, not to do and spreading the word of you know, about the game of um, lacrosse. So, again, Brett should be calling in somewhere around 6.40, 6.45, time permitting, as long as you know, everything goes goes as scheduled over at Drexel University. But let's get – we'll just get right down to it, get started with the show. Wings had a bye week last week, as, as we all know, and there was a very, very light schedule in the league. There was only three games being played um, with the Edmonton Rush playing – Two of those games. Um, with with that being said, the Edmonton Rush, I guess you could say, did the impossible last weekend. You know, according from what I was seeing, I didn't think it would be possible for them to do it, and a lot of other people didn't think it would be either. They went into Buffalo, basically manhandled the Buffalo Bandits fourteen to seven. This was a game where Buffalo took out Anthony Cosmo, put in Curtis Wagger then took out Curtis and put back Anthony Cosmo. Um, Edmonton just stayed on them the whole entire game. Um, It was a game that they wanted to win that put them into, at the time, a virtual tie with um, the Washington Stealth for first place as they were only sitting a half game back in the NL West. Um, Just to give you an idea of how how Edmonton basically controlled this game from the start. At the end of the first quarter, the score was 6-2 to two in favor of the Rush. Yeah, a four-goal four goal game, no big, you know, no big deal. But they outshot the Buffalo Bandits by a count of 22-9. to nine. Outshot them 22-9 to nine and outscored them 6-2 to two in the first quarter. In the second quarter, they just kept it right on rolling. They outscored them 3-2, to two and they took a 9-4 lead into the half, and at the time, we're out shooting Buffalo 33-18. to 18. Um, Third quarter, like I said, it just didn't, you know, pick up, you know, anywhere for, for Buffalo. They were outscored 42 in, in that frame, and then they each scored a goal in the fourth, giving Edmonton, like I said, that 14-7 uh, to seven victory on, on Saturday night. Uh, leading the way for the Edmonton rush, Curtis Knight with three goals and an assist, Corey Small, four goals and three assists, and rookie Mark Matthews with a goal and three assists. Um, like I said, this was just an all-around, all basically domination by the Edmonton Rush, uh, beating them 14 to seven, outgaining them in the loose balls by the count of 96 to 76. Just like, like I said, total domination by by the Edmonton Rush, and keeping the Buffalo Bandits at that five-win mark, which they have not been able to get over in, I believe, the last four or five games. Aaron Bowl got the win, stopping 35 of 42 shots in that game. Then you go to Saturday night, one of the games you had Colorado facing Calgary. Um, this game, both teams have won in each other's barn, so to speak. Um, Colorado won earlier game in the beginning of the year over Calgary, 13 to 12, or I believe it was 13-12 in overtime in Calgary, and then Calgary returned the favor by beating the Mammoth at the Pepsi Center, tying that season series up at one. Well, this past Saturday was no different. Um, the Calgary Roughnecks came out on top by a count of 12 to 11 in overtime. Another overtime game between these two teams. Um, this was very well played. Um, the Mammoth had a 7 to 3 lead at the end of the first half. They they. They poured it on in the second quarter, outscoring Calgary five to two. 
but then in the third, third and fourth quarter, Calgary just chipped away, outscoring them four to two. They they outscored them eight to four in the in the second half. Um, the last two goals scored, last three goals scored by Calgary were at eight fifteen by Jeff Shatler, then Curtis Dixon at twelve thirty five, and then at thirteen oh five, he gave them an eleven ten lead. But with thirty eight seconds to go, Sean Pollock with the extra attacker tied the game at 11. Then the game goes into overtime. And once again, the man they call Superman out in Calgary and throughout the league, Curtis Dixon, pops in the game winner just 21 seconds into the overtime. Um, Curtis Dixon, he he ended up with, let's see how many, what he had, four goals and one assist. Three of them coming, yeah, he got, scored the, the tying goal, the go-ahead goal at one point, and then the game winner, all within, you know, about a handful of minutes. Uh, so it looks like this Calgary team is slowly getting back on track. It looks like they're they're on on their way of wanting to make a statement to take the NLL West. Uh, Dane Doby had two goals and four assists for them, and like I said, Curtis Dixon had four goals and an assist. But Sean Evans, another unbelievable game, ten point night, three goals, seven assists. And the loose ball machine known as Jeff Snyder had 22 loose balls um, in in that game. And he was also 24 or 27 on the faceoffs. So, like I said, total, you say total domination in that respect, giving them extra chances to to score the goals, to, you know, to have extra possessions. Uh, But it looks like on Colorado's side, they found their goaltender in um, Ty Bellinger. Unfortunately, he had he suffered a loss. He stopped 38 of 49 shots, um, you know, losing the game in, into overtime. Uh, John Grant Jr. with three goals and three assists. Sean Pollock with three goals and an assist. Uh, Casey Powell with four assists. And Jordan McBride, two goals and five assists. They were the players that led the way for the Colorado Mammoth. Then we will turn the page and we go to Sunday afternoon. This being a game that I, I wanted to see be played on Friday night or Saturday. I wanted this to be the first game. I wanted Edmonton and Toronto to be the first game of the weekend, not the second game. This way we can see you know how well they you know they, they would actually do against you know a well rested team. I didn't want them to face Toronto already going having a battle less than 24 hours ago against a Buffalo Bandit team. Anyway, with that being said, Edmonton had no let-up. They came out and they basically, I guess you could say, they ran over to Toronto Rock as well, beating them 17-12. to I couldn't believe it. Uh, they just took the game from the start. Once again, another... Another example, Edmonton outshot Toronto in the first quarter 22 to 8 and outscored them 6 to 2. I mean, this Edmonton is for real. This is a no-joke Edmonton team. They chased starting goaltender Nick Rose just 16 and a half minutes into the game. He played the whole first quarter and then just a minute and a half of the second and then that was it. He let up eight goals on 25 shots. In came Zach Boychuk. In 43 minutes, he stopped 23 shots on 23 saves on 31 shots. He also let up eight goals, eight to nine goals. So, I mean, it's just it was just total domination by the Edmonton Rush again, uh, outgaining them in loose balls, 82 to 68. Rookie sensation Mark Matthews, a hat-trick, three goals and an assist. Zach Greer, three goals. Uh, Chris Corbell, Corbell, I'm sorry, and Corey Small, each with two goals apiece. Uh, Kyle Rubish, two goals and two assists. I, I mean, it was just domination again by, by the Edmonton Rush going into Toronto and defeating the Toronto Rock. A team, it seems like a lot of teams this year are struggling on their home floor. Um, Edmonton finished with this win. Edmonton finished with a franchise best since they came into the league, a seven and one road record. Seven and one on the road for Edmonton this year. 
at home, they are one and four. So hopefully they can get they have three more games to get up to a 500 mark at home, and maybe they could have an 11 and five record. Don't know, but you could also look at Toronto. Toronto is five and one on the road as well, and they're struggling at home. The Philadelphia Wings are struggling at home. It seems like everybody's struggling at home, but they're doing well on the road. So, with that being said, Edmonton outscored both their opponents by a count of 31 to 19. They have vaulted themselves to the top of the power rankings by ILindoor.com and also by InLacrosseWeTrust.com, which is power rankings are done by me for that site. Uh, They have just totally dominated their last two games. Uh, They've had a number of back-to-back games, which they have swept the weekends to do what they've been doing. They've now won seven of their last eight games. Um, It's just to be believed. Could, could this be their year? I mean, you know, they they had all the pieces, thought all the pieces in place last year. They just, you know, fell 30 minutes short against Rochester, falling falling it, you know, in the last half. But you know, playoffs are are a different type of you know animal, different season. You know, the goal is to get there first and then take it from there. And if you're on a hot streak, no better way to do it in the playoffs. You start going on a hot streak just as you enter enter the playoffs. Edmonton has three games left. They're all at home. Now, if they lose a game, they're going to have to probably jump right back, you know, so to speak, on the horse and start that streak going again, start getting hot again to to just keep it going into the playoffs. Um, You know, winning seven of eight now, you don't, you know, you can't say, well, we won seven of eight. You know, let's just go right to the playoffs now. Got to play the last three and see what can be done. Hope, you know, hopefully for their sake, they, you know, carry, you know, keep on carrying on, doing what they're doing, and just, you know, ride the wave and get up to, you know, where they need to be, clinch the NLL West, and see, you know, see what happens from there. But as far as that goes, for your Philadelphia Wings, they have two games this weekend, two very important games. The first one is against the Minnesota Swarm. That would be on Friday night. This will be a game without Brandon Miller. He will be serving his one-game suspension for the, as the NLL host called it, third man in on the fight when the Washington South were in town and defeated the Wings 16-10. to So Brandon will be serving the one-game suspension for, for that on, on Friday night against the Minnesota Swarm. So the starting goaltender for that game will be Agnes Dinley. He was a he was acquired just you know just before the uh, I guess you could say the free agent freeze on rosters on on that Friday on the fifteenth. So he will be going between the pipes. Uh, he played for the Toronto Shooting Stars in the Canadian Lacrosse League in the Sealax League. Had a six and two record with a nine point six seven goals against. The Wings had a practice this past weekend. They had two practice sessions. Agnes was there, looked very sharp. He does have NLL experience. I was hoping to get him on the show today, but we we couldn't get in touch with him, so I was hoping to have him on here um, to talk to him prior to Brett coming on. But through the practice, he looked very sharp, covering the angles, doing what needed to be done, corralling the rebounds, not allowing you know second-chance opportunities during um, an inter-squad scrimmage, we'll say. Now, yes, it is practice, but to see how sharp he was in that practice kind of gives me a little little more confidence because I was able to see you know see what he can do. Um, as far as the injuries go, Brody Merrill, um, Jeff Reynolds, who was a little dinged up, and um, Kyle Hartzell were all without pads, but they did do the shoot-around. They did run, you know, some, some passing drills, what have you, just to let, you know, their their, their little bump, you know, bumps and bruises that they had, let that heal. Um, I talked to Brody. He said he feels fine. He's hoping he's a go for this, for this weekend. Um, he said he hasn't, you know, had any kind of side effects from from that concussion. He's feeling good. He's not, you know, waking up with any kind of, 
you know, symptoms or, you know, what have you. Um, so I would say, you know, probably you could look for him back in the lineup. Um, probably Jeff Reynolds, the same thing. Uh, Brett Manny, he said, you know, if he didn't wake up that morning and the hamstring was a little tight, he would have been good to go in that Toronto game. So hopefully he will be good to go with them having basically a full two weeks, you know, to heal. Um, he he also participated in full contact practice this past weekend. So I would expect there to be a full roster uh, this weekend against Minnesota and then up against Colorado, which is the Saturday game. But with Minnesota, we have to the Wings have to watch out for the speed and the youth that they have. Players like Shane Jackson, uh, Kiel Matisse, Alex Krepnicek, and Brock Sorensen. They have to watch out. Brock is a very strong young defenseman. Um, Keel and Shane Jackson are very quick. They're small. They're not your six foot two offensive guys. They're five ten, five eleven at the most. But they are quick. They're quick with the sticks. They have fat, quick, hard shots. They are very slippery. You have to stay on them. You can't let them get a step on you any which, you know, going any which way. But without Andrew Suter, it's really I think it's really gonna hurt Minnesota, especially if we have the full roster. We have Brody Merrill back in there, we have Jeff Reynolds in there and um Brett Manny. It's really gonna hurt them as far as with the, the experience and the players to be out there to cover on defense. With that being said, Minnesota turned around the other week two weeks ago because they're coming off a bye, and they basically destroyed the Washington Stealth 12-5. to So it could, in this league, anything could happen. It's been one of them years where, you know, when you don't think somebody's going to win, they're going to come out and just completely destroy the other team, and that's what Minnesota did to Washington. Now, both teams coming off a bye. The Wings are playing. Friday night they're playing in Minnesota. Then Saturday night, they turn around and they play Colorado up in the Pepsi Center, up in the atmosphere, mile high, up in Denver. This is going to be, you know, I guess somewhat of a, you could say, a tough game. Uh, last year, it was Brendan Mundorf who put the game winner in. Um, and you could, I would expect Brendan Mundorf to be playing this weekend. If I was a Wings fan, I would be looking for him in the lineup to be playing. He's, he's been going full contact uh, with every practice. He's been feeling great. Obviously, the injury is healed. It's just, Like I said before, it's just a matter of getting into game shape. And you know, it's going to be up to the coaching staff, the trainers, to determine whether or not Mundorf is in, as I say, game shape. So Mundorf's in game shape. He's out there for both of these games. It could be a very exciting weekend for Wings fans, um, with him going up to Colorado. And that will be a game that Brandon Miller will obviously be back in net for that game. So we'll be getting a fresh Brandon Miller for that game. Now, should the Wings win both games, they will clinch a spot in the 2013 playoffs. Because right now we have three teams that have clinched. We have the Toronto Rock, the Edmonton Rush, who clinched last week with both their victories, and the Calgary Roughnecks. Those three teams have clinched a spot right now in the 2013 playoffs, which leaves us five spots remaining. Now, here's why I say all these games are important for every single team. And I'll go down them in order as if the playoffs were to start tonight. The other five teams remaining who can clinch a playoff spot. The Washington Stealth are sitting at 7-5. and five. They're half a game out of first place in the West. After the Washington Stealth, you have our Philadelphia Wings at 5-5. Five and five. This is where it gets interesting. After the Philadelphia Wings at 5-5, five and five, you have the Buffalo Bandits at 5-7, and seven, followed by the Rochester Nighthawks at 4-6. and six. Then you go to Minnesota, which is 4-7, and seven, and Colorado at four and eight. That this is what I mean. How how interesting this is. Colorado and Minnesota play each other the last two games of the season. 
that that's their last two games are against each other. So it's you know it's going to be very tough going the rest of the way. Um, if you look at the flip side of things here, should the Wings lose both games, they drop to five and seven. Colorado would now be five and eight, and Minnesota would be at five and seven. So you're you know you're looking at a very very tough you know road here. Um, and yeah, you know, that's just how you know the league has been all year. Um, you know, you, you're one step away, you know, from being out of the playoffs completely, but you're another step from being up at the top in, in you know in the playoffs. So it's going, to, like I said, it's going to be very very interesting. Um, we have five games on on the schedule this weekend. Obviously, the first one is going to be you have. You have the Buffalo Bandits are face are traveling to Toronto. They're playing the Toronto Rock at 7 p.m. on Friday night. That game's going to be very big for Buffalo, and it's also very big for Toronto. Toronto needs to get off the, the losing end. They need to get back on that winning track. They only have a two-game lead over the Philadelphia Wings right now in the NLL East, and the Wings still play Toronto one more time. So, you know, a loss by Toronto. You know, Toronto plays twice this weekend. They could lose twice, we could win twice, and you're looking at a tie. So it's it's almost, it's kind of like a seesaw all year. That's that's the way it's been throughout the entire league. Um, and then also, like I said, on Friday night, you have the Wings visiting Minnesota. That game is at 8:30. So you got Buffalo traveling to Toronto, and the Wings traveling to Minnesota. Now you go to Saturday night. And again, you have the Toronto Rock in action. This time, they travel to Rochester. Rochester is a team that has had problems at home as well. And yet, Toronto is 5-1 and one on the road. So if you go that way, you could look at most likely Toronto winning that game, but Rochester needs to get back on the winning track as well. That game's at 7.30 at the Blue Cross Arena. You also have a game that I have been talking about for a long time, that's going to be the matchup because these two teams will face each other this weekend and next weekend. It's Calgary at Washington. That game's at 10 o'clock. So you have Calgary at Washington at 10 o'clock this week, and then they play each other next week, but only in Calgary. Uh, both these teams are a half game out of first place. That's how you know, important these two games are to these two teams. So all the teams are in action except for the Edmonton Rush. They have a bye week. They get back into action next weekend where we have six games slated for next weekend. We have four on Saturday and two on Sunday. Um, you're going to have, like I said again, on on Saturday you got Washington at Calgary, Colorado at Edmonton, Buffalo at Minnesota, and Philadelphia is at Rochester, and that's another back-to-back weekend that we have. So you're looking at the Wings, like I said, coming off a of bye week, and now they have to play two two straight back-to-back weekends before they get ready to close out their home schedule. So two wins this weekend, the Wings clinch a playoff spot, then they can concentrate on hopefully clinching a home game, home playoff game for the fans, and possibly, you never know, clinching an NLL East title. But we've got to take it one step at a time. First step is going to be clinching the playoff berth. Then we'll worry about getting the home, you know, home floor for at least one game, getting at least one home playoff game. Then we'll see if we can possibly get, you know, the division. So, like I said, anything can happen in this league. It's been an up and back uh, seesaw kind of year, you could say. I mean, it's just been, you know, crazy all all year long. That's just how it's, you know, it, it's been with, you know, with with, with all the teams. Um, it's just, you know, up and back. Nobody is really, just when you think somebody's running away with it, it, it reverses. Toronto was a hot team for a while. Now, all of a sudden, Edmonton is now completely a hot team, winning seven of eight. Going seven and one on the road. I mean, it doesn't look like anybody could stop the rush right now. 
But then again, you don't know what you know. With Toronto sitting at eight and four, okay, they're they have two game two game lead over the Wings, three games over Buffalo, and three over Rochester. Everybody still has four. Toronto has four games left. The Wings have six, and so does the Rochester Nighthawks. Um, I've heard people talking earlier in the week and over the weekend that oh, well Rochester ain't, isn't doing real great. They're four and six. They, you know, doesn't look good for them. Last year when they won the title, they were five and five after ten games. It's only a one game difference. So main goal here is just to get into the playoffs. Once you're into the playoffs, then you take it from there. And with Brendan Mundorf coming back and everybody getting healthy right now, the wings are going to be tough. They really are. I mean, you just you just look at it. yeah, there's chemistry out there now, but you put players back in into the lineup of Brody Merrill. Um, Brett Manny, Jeff Reynolds at 100%, Brendan Mundorf. I mean, you, you're going to have Brendan Mundorf on that left side. That's going to help big time out there. And all these players will just start feeding off each other. And that's going to be tough because none of these teams have faced the Wings at 100% full roster. So we just have to see you know, what's going to happen, how everything's going to work out. I mean, it could work. Great, or it could blow up in your face. You know, you're bringing Mundorf back in. Who knows what, you know, what's going to happen? We're looking at, you know, nothing but the positive side of it. You know, you could look at, you know, Mundorf being a big contributor there, doing a lot of feeding, a lot of scoring, because we all know how he can play. So these teams are going to have to, you know, really look out to see what, you know, what he can, what he can't do. Um, obviously, they're going to test him, try to test, you know, test his ankle. You know, his first game back, I'm pretty sure the defenses are going to, you know, lean on him a bit to see, you know, what he can and can't do. So that's going to be, you know, something that, you know, you're going to have to, you know, look out for to make sure that he can make those cuts and do what needs to be done. If somebody's leaning on him on that side, make him put extra pressure on that, you know, surgically repaired ankle. But like I said, they play two games this weekend, Minnesota Friday night, Colorado on Saturday. Brandon Miller will be out the first game against Minnesota. You'll have Agnes, Agnes Dinley will be in net for that game. And it looks like Chris Collins will be the backup for the Minnesota game. But then you'll be getting a fresh Brandon Miller on Saturday evening in Colorado. So you can look for the wings to really come out strong. You know, strong, you know, strong there. If we look at some of the, the the stats for for the players. Um, they're kind of you know even throughout the whole entire the whole entire roster. Um, Kevin Crowley is leading leading the team in goals. He has 19 goals, 29 assists, and 48 points through 10 games. So he's averaging almost five points a game, which is what he was basically doing, I believe, last year. Uh, then you have Drew Westervelt has 18 goals. Kevin Ross with 16. Paul Rabel has come on strong with 12 goals. He has 25 points this year. And Kevin Buchanan with 10 goals and 30 assists. So Kevin Buchanan and Kevin Ross are two new additions, are second and third in the team in scoring. Buchanan has 40 points. Kevin Ross with 35. Then Drew Westervelt is fourth with 35 points as well. And Jordan Hall, nine goals and 21 assists. So there, you know, you see where everything is. Every, everybody is right, right there. The main people who need to contribute are there. But we need the other guys to to do it as well. We need Ned Crotty to put, you know, put that ball in a little bit more, you know, than, than what he's doing. Um, you could say Kyle Hartzell, but he's mainly transition and and defense. He's got two goals and six assists this year, and he's got 51 loose balls. So he's, you know, he's picking up a good bit there. Joel White, same thing, 59 loose balls and two goals and five assists. So everybody is contributing throughout the entire roster. Uh, but you see where our goals come from. Crowley, Buchanan, Ross, Westervelt, Rabel, and then you have Hall with nine. There there are six big goal scorers. Now you add Brendan Mundorf into the mix, who knows what's going to happen. It could help everybody. Yeah, it could shoot his numbers up, could shoot up Westervelt's numbers. I mean, it could just be a complete scoring machine when it comes down to it. 
But the main problem with the wings right now, and it's one that needs to be addressed, they need to do something, and I can't think of a better time to do it than this weekend on Friday night against Minnesota, against a young team, but they're an experienced young team. They may have those four rookies, but you know what? You, they don't have an Andrew Suter, their leader out there on defense, but you know they do have their other players. They do have Ryan Benesh. They do have Callum Crawford. Um, they do have Corbin, Corbin Tau. They have a lot of guys out there that can pick up that slack. But the Wings have been getting outscored in that first quarter 33-14 to 14 so far this year. They need to really pick it up. They cannot start on a on, on a slow note in Minnesota. They do that. The hive can get very, very loud. Um, it'll feel like that they're going against everybody in that stadium. Um, Kevin Ross can tell you that because um, so, he will be now going back there for the first time since Minnesota traded him. So he, he knows how loud that crowd can get. He knows what they can do to the team and how they can you know pick the team up. So something the Wings want to do is come out quick, score quick, score often, and start controlling the game and not battle back from three, four, five goals behind where it's almost going to be a, a task, a you know, difficult task to come back, especially, especially when you have another game the following night out in Denver against the Colorado Mammoth. Who, is, who have now found their goaltender in Ty Bellinger, and they also added Casey Powell. So if you start out slow against Minnesota and you have to battle back the whole entire game, it's going to take its toll on you when you go to Colorado to face this mammoth team. Because Bellinger has been playing great. Uh, the addition of Casey Powell up, up, out there on their offense for Colorado has helped them drastically. Uh, so you know, they could really be in a battle. If the Wings take control of the game, you know, they can, you know, I guess somewhat you could say take it easy, you know, a bit. Just, you know, get control of the game. Let's not have to battle back and, you know, you get yourself, you know, you battle back in the game, still lose the game and not have enough energy to just be worn out where you, you hang on for a certain amount of time in the next game and just lose as well. That That can very well happen. So they need to make sure that they start out quick, score early, score often against the Minnesota Minnesota Swarm. So with that being said, we're we're just waiting for Brett Manning and hopefully he calls in within the next ten minutes. Um like I said, he is talking at Drexel University, he's talking to the students there um with the game of lacrosse. We'll talk to him about that, what he you know, said to the students there at Drexel and what what he did during, you know, his bye week and how he's been preparing for, you know, the upcoming two games. So that being said, right now I'm going to take a short two-minute commercial break, come back, go through the standings, some of the league leaders. Hopefully by then Brett Manning will call in. We'll talk about what, you know, the Wings have, you know, coming up this, this weekend and next weekend as they start marching their way to the 2013 NLL playoffs. So stick, right, stick around. I'll be back in about two minutes. The Lacrosse Radio Network. Listen to NCAA, CLACS, NALL, and MILA game broadcast at the Lacrosse Radio Network, the home of Lacrosse Audio. Panic in transition, shoots and scores! The only place where you can follow NCAA Division Three, the Canadian Lacrosse League, North American Lacrosse, Quebec Senior Lacrosse League, and Midwest Lacrosse Association. Shot score, Mendez! A side angle shot and Tony Mendez breaks the ice. Also the home to unique lacrosse programming that you just can't get anywhere else. Listen every day at inlaxwetrust.com or blogtalkradio.com slash lacrosse radio or blogtalkradio.com slash laxradio. Block on the way in. Goalie out. Score! Another goal for the Mustang. The Lacrosse Radio Network. This is Patrick Crosby, goaltender for the Kentucky Stick Horses. You're listening to Lacrosse Radio Network. The 
best radio, not on radio. Radioexiles.com. Radio gone underground from parts unknown. I'm not receiving a detectable frequency. Radio Exiles. The best collection of professional podcasters. 100% FCC free. Radioexiles.com. You think you've seen pro lacrosse coverage? Then you haven't seen Inlax We Trust. The home of lacrosse on the web. Comprehensive coverage of the NLL, MLL, NCAA, NALL, CLAX, MILA, and more on the SB Nation Network. 15 seconds to go, driving down the right wing, draws his own team, over his head, basket on the open, he scores! Salisbury takes an 11-10 lead with 11.7 seconds to go. Check out InLaxWeTrust.com. This is Nick Rose of the Toronto Rock, and you're listening to the Lacrosse Radio Network. Lacrosse and pro wrestling? They come together every Thursday at noon with Strong Island Lax Chat with Taz. Many sports fans look at the announcers as a prop or a talking head. Taz, the former pro wrestler, takes time every week to talk about the game from a fan's perspective with a Long Island spin. You know, most announcers I know in my business of pro wrestling or buddies of mine that, have, that work for ESPN that are commentators and whatnot are highly competitive type A personalities. Every Thursday at noon on the Lacrosse Radio Network. Thank you for sticking around. Um, as I said, I'm waiting for Brett Maddy to give us a call in. He should be calling in shortly um, after he gets done talking at Drexel University. But like I said before we went to the commercial break, let's go through your league leaders right now in the, in the National Lacrosse League. Right now leading the way in points is Sean Evans from the Calgary Roughnecks. He currently has 82 points. In second place, right behind him, is Garrett Billings with 79, then John Grant with 70, and then Reese Dutch from the Washington South and Colin Doyle from the Toronto Rock, both with 69. Your goal reader for this year is none other than John Grant Jr. Him and Mark Matthews are tied at 35 right now. Reese Dutch has 33, Dane Doby and Curtis Dixon with 32 and 31, respectively. Now, as far as Mark Matthews goes, he is only three goals away from tying the rookie record for goals scored in a season held by John Grant Jr. at 38. Um, he is currently on pace to get 45 to 46 goals this season. Um, there's no doubt that he is going to break the rookie record for scoring. The Toronto Rock have played 13 games. He's got... 35 goals. Um, he's averaging just over two and a half goals a game. So you're looking at another seven to eight goals. So he's looking at 43 to 40, 44 goals by the end of his rookie season. So he's obviously very much in contention in my eyes right now. Most likely going to win the rookie of the year. But can he be considered for the most valuable player? It, it can can you actually put his name in the same breath when you say Mark Matthews, most valuable player for the NLL 2013 season? Can you do it? I I'm kind of on the border with that right now. I guess it's going to depend on his last three games. Um, granted, he's not up there in with the points. Um, you know, you have John Grant with 70 points in third place, and John Grant has 35 goals. You know, leading the way, and he also has 35 assists, so it's very even, evenly matched, you know, there. Um, and like I said, you go over to the assist, Sean Evans and Garrett Billings have 56 and 55 assists, respectively. Um, so it's very, you know, close on that end as well when you when, when you look at your leaders. 
Um, and then real real quick, I'll go through the rest of them. Um, obviously, your loose ball and your face-off leader is Jeff Snyder. Um, Jeff with 183 loose balls and 231 face-off wins. Um, the, the rest of it, I'm going, to, I'm going to cut that short. The rest of it, go to NLL.com for for all that. Um, I don't want my guests waiting any longer. Um, I'm just very thankful that he was able to call in. Um, like I said before, they always have their their schedule, things that they have to do, so we're very grateful for when they have to call in. So right now, Brett, welcome to the show. Hey, Rocco. Thanks for having me again this week. Hey, no, no problem at all. Um, how do things go over at Drexel? It was good. I mean, uh, for those that don't know, Chris Collins, uh, one of our goalies, is uh, an assistant coach at Drexel, and they had a big game against St. Joe's tomorrow. They're on their spring break, and they also play uh, my alma mater, Delaware, on Saturday. And uh, he just asked me to come. They had a little team dinner and asked me to, to speak to him for about 10 minutes and uh, kind of reflect on some things, and I did that. So kind of uh, gracious that he asked me, and, you know, I, w- I wish the Dragons the best of luck this week. And, and and this this gets back to what I was saying, um, you know, earlier, you know, throughout the other shows and, th- and throughout the season. You guys are very active throughout the whole community in Philadelphia, and even for the players on other teams. Um, they're obviously active in in their community. But like you said, Chris is you know he's our, he's our backup goaltender. He's you know coach over over at Drexel. You know you're you're doing your part. He's you know teammates asking teammates, hey, can you come over and talk to my kids? Can you give them, you know, pieces of advice? Can you, you know, help them with this? Can you, you know, do this or do that? It's just, you know, it shows how, you know, you're not just not teammates out there on the floor when you go into the locker room, but even off the floor. Yeah, and, and this is a guy who's been one of my really good friends for uh, almost 10 years now since I was a freshman in Delaware, and he was a fifth-year senior, uh, you know, the the best, uh, in my opinion, you know, out, outdoor goalie that I played with, and, He's uh, you know, anytime he asks me for a favor, I'm gonna jump at it, and um, and I, I I kind of feel humbled and honored at the same time that I'm in a position where I can talk to people. And last week I was, I even talked to Upper Makefield Basketball Association, which was a basketball association I grew up playing for in front of um, about a thousand people about my experience playing basketball and, and where it took me today. So like I said, it's a it's a humbling experience and. And it's something that I'm fortunate that that I have the the right to kind of give back and uh, and you know maybe make a difference in, in one person. It is all it takes. Now the team had practices this weekend. There was two sessions. Um, how, how did everything look? I mean, when I was there on on Saturday night, I noticed you know Brody wasn't you know in full pads. Obviously, still they want to make sure he's fully recovered from the you know, slight concussion that he had. Um, but I also noticed Jeff wasn't dressed, and Kyle Hart. So I know they're nursing. You have bumps and bruises. You want to, you know, try to get everybody all healed. Um, and obviously, Brandon's going to be sitting the first game against Minnesota. And I was telling everybody earlier that Agnes is going to be the starter. How did he look during the practice sessions? You know, uh, Friday night or Saturday night. I apologize. I had my own uh, travel issues. So I only really could practice for an hour, and I, I didn't get to see. To be completely honest, I didn't get to see him much um, that that fr- that Saturday night. Uh, and then on Sunday, we kind of broke down more uh, offense and and defense type stuff. And uh, once again, the defense took it to uh, took it to the offense. So he must have been doing something right. I was really wasn't you know eyeing in on his performance or anyone else. I was trying to to, to help our, our defense collectively as a whole. So. I'm sorry, I can't give you a, a fair assessment on, on how he was doing, but it, it, it's how he how he fares on Friday is going to depend a, a lot on the defense in front of him. So that's kind of where I uh, I stress uh, my evaluation. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching him, you know, for, for the most part, you know, before I noticed you and Kevin came flying on into the doors on on Saturday night. Um, he looked like he was, you know, taking the angles down, you know, doing what needed to be done, not allowing you know, a lot of rebounds, not allowing it to where it would be, you know, second or third opportunities for, you know, the opposing team. Um, handling the crease real well, like I said, taking care of the short side and, you know, just covering what, you know, what needed to be done. And I was saying earlier that he does have NLL experience. He's just not somebody that has come off, you know, the wire from playing in the Canadian lacrosse league. Yeah, and he's um... – 
a guy that that is playing in the, the CLACs and uh, tried out for this team uh, a couple of years ago and was kind of down to like that last cut. And obviously the, the team, uh, um, or I should say the management, wasn't thrilled with the direction that um, Kevin Croswell was giving us. So they decided to make a move and bring in Angus uh, based on his performance up north. And uh, you know we're, we're going to lose not only a good goalie, a great goalie, and Brandon, but he's also a, an important leader, a leadership guy. So, uh, I, you know, I hope that we can make it easy for Angus in there between the pipes that we're giving him shots that he can make, that he can save and kind of limit up to outside contested shots rather than easy dunks on the inside. And I think a lot of his success is going to be based based upon the five guys playing defense in front of him. And, and I hope that as a defense collectively that we can do that for him. Yeah, and I, and what I was saying earlier was, uh, you know, you don't want to fall behind early, uh, especially to a team like Minnesota, who, you know, when you play in the hive there, it, you know, speaking to Kevin Ross and you know, knowing from you guys and watching it on TV, what have you, that place gets very, very loud, and it, it'll be, it, you know, you fall behind to them, it's going to be like you have five guys on the floor against ten, ten, eleven thousand people on the floor there. Yeah, and it's an arena um, that I like to play at because of uh, some different things. I, I just like the venue of it, the fact that you can walk on the concourse and can see the entire floor. And uh, I like the locker room there, little uh, aesthetic things. And then, but the other one thing I don't like is that ever since I've been with the Wings, I, I don't, I don't think we we beat Minnesota, or we have beat Minnesota. So. Um, there's a little bit of a, of a monkey on our backs there with, with a, something to prove. And, and obviously we win both games this weekend. We clinch the playoffs, playoff berth. So there's something a little bit more there than, than just a win. It's it's not just a win against Minnesota or just beat Colorado. It's the win two and, and to lock up one of those four coveted playoff spots. Yeah, and you know, I was also saying that you, know, you don't want to get down early um, because then you would have to you know be battling back almost the whole game you know, if you can't you know, get over that hump. So you want to try to get up, you know, out to an early lead on them. Because if you've got to battle back in this game, you're, you're obviously going to, you know, wear out, you know, trying to battle back and hope to come out with the win. After, you know, should, you know, you fall behind, you know, let's say, then you got to go up to Colorado and you're going to be facing a totally different Colorado team. They're not, they don't have, you know, Matt Roy net or, um, uh, Chris Levis or, you know, Dan Lewis is now the backup. They got Ty Bellinger, and he's been, you know, showing that, yes, he, you know, what they've been saying about him being the number one goaltender out in Colorado is true. He's 2-1 and one right now. Uh, his two wins against Buffalo. And then he had that, you know, lo- lost his past weekend um, in overtime, which is, you know, you hate to see anybody lose in overtime, but that was one heck of a game he played against Calgary. And on the offensive side, they now have Casey Powell. So that it just adds a total perspective than what we faced when Colorado was here. Yeah, and, and even on the, the show, the Philly Lacks Live show this week, I was like, it's like an Achilles heel for us getting out to these slow starts. And I was like, I, I mean, not to overuse cliches, but it sounds like, uh, you know, we're being a dead horse by, by keep saying this. And that's something that, that we, we somehow got to figure out a way to get off to a quicker start um, and really – Really make sure that that we don't don't fall behind uh, in these games because we got two games and if we're putting a lot of effort in the in the trying to get back in, in that Minnesota game, then it's going to make things a lot worse for us uh, playing Colorado. So we just got to continue to to improve and um, and get better as a team, and and that's by by getting ready to play right away and getting out to a quick start. And you know, you look at. You know, everybody you know looks at the standings, and you you look at everything. You see that Toronto, Calgary, and Edmonton, who is just blowing everybody everybody's mind right now with the way they've been playing, um, have all locked up a playoff berth. The last four spots are there's four spots left open, and five teams fighting for them, and they're all within a game of each other. Um, when you look at our record for the Wings, sitting at five and five, you're going against a Minnesota team that's four and seven, and then a Colorado team that's five and eight. Should the worst of this happen and we lose both games this weekend, you're looking at five and six, Minnesota five and seven, Colorado five and eight. I mean, you just have 
you know, there, there's basically a log jam there right now between all five of the teams. So it's not just important to, you know, when you, you know, when you two and lock it up, but try to put some distance between between these other teams. Yeah, hopefully we don't fall in between that category, Rocco, with uh, we'll lump ourselves in there. So I think, you know, winning two two games kind of puts a little bit of uh, separation between ourselves and the next guy behind us. And here's two teams, Minnesota and Colorado, that are fighting for their lives with uh, roughly four, five, six games left in the regular season. Um, so they're, they're both going to be bringing a lot of a lot of energy and uh, obviously know what's at stake. Uh, the remaining part of of the schedule here, and even last, I mean, I want to win these two games not only to get a a home playoff berth, but I mean a, a playoff berth, but a home one. Uh, we had that opportunity to last year, and this is something that Philadelphia fans have not seen a home playoff game in a very long time. Um, yeah, that's a personal goal. That's, that's a personal goal of mine to to bring that back because uh, I know the fans will love it. Yeah, it's been I was I believe it's ten. It's over ten years now. The last one we had, actually, the last one we had was deferred to us uh, before the Colorado, Colorado Mammoth became the Mammoth. They were the Washington Power at the time, um, and it was deferred to us because they they weren't bringing in you know large numbers, and they they knew we could. So I would say the 2001 playoffs, the year that the team won the the sixth championship, was the last time that I've seen a home playoff game for the Philadelphia Wings. Um, and you know, like like we were saying, two wins this weekend, very big. And you know, it's kind of tough. There's also another game going on, Buffalo and Toronto. You're like, okay, who do you root for there? Because they're playing two games this weekend, Toronto. Two 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 losses by them, two wins by us. We're in first place. So there's there's so many different avenues, so to speak, for this weekend. It's you know, I, I know on, on your end for the players and the coaches. Right now, you're focused in on Friday night. Let's take care of Friday night, worry about Friday night, and then take care of Saturday night. But the, I know the fans and everybody are looking at, oh, my God, Toronto's got two games. We got two games. They lose, we win. Hey, we're in first, you know. And I know that's the furthest thing from your mind right now. Yeah, I mean, big picture, little picture, kind of, uh, to, to use an analogy, like, like you said, is that, you know, the, the little picture is it's focusing on the task at hand, and that's Friday night against Minnesota. And when we beat them, it's it's Colorado on Saturday. And the the big picture is that we have we have a couple tough weekends in a row, and and two tough, very fast to fast weekends, four games over the course of uh, over the over the course of, of roughly you know eight days. So we're gonna have our hands full, and but we gotta worry about taking care of of business this weekend. Just take care of it one game at a time. You know, don't look ahead. Just do what do what needs to be done. Get the win. And you know, like I like I was saying earlier, you know, clinch the three steps are clinch a playoff spot first. Step two is get that home field, get a home game, home playoff game for the fans. And then step three, if possible at all, win the division. And then you know, you take it from there. You know, but you got to take it. You know, as everybody says, baby steps, or just take it. One step at a time. Let's clinch that playoff spot, and hopefully at the same time we also clinch a home playoff game. Because that happens, there's going to be ten years of ten, eleven, twelve years of built-up playoff, you know, <laughs> anticipation coming out of a lot of fans. That's for sure. Yeah, it's almost equivalent to uh, you know what some some people feel like like the Buffalo Bills fans and and some of these other sports franchises that have waited so long to get back in the playoffs and something uh, which this this team certainly needs, this organization, and most importantly, the fans, to actually witness a playoff game in the end of April or May when so many years uh, the season has been cut short. So we're able to do that. Uh, it's obviously something that's been a personal goal of mine since I joined the Wings was to bring them back to the playoffs and uh, and then once win their playoffs, try to get a home playoff game. So, um, you know that that's something that's that's extremely important to to this team, and and obviously it is to the fans. And one last thing before I let you go, because I know you've had a, a a day, a busy day, you know, going, you know, basically all over the place. How's the hamstring doing? Um, I know the last time we spoke, um, you said you know if you didn't wake up with that stiffness in it, you were ready to go. Because I know you're just chomping at the bit. You don't like sitting out and watching games from up top or through the tunnel or what have you. You want to be out on that turf. 
Yeah, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth, just chomping at the bit. And, uh, you know, I had a good practice Saturday. I was only there for about an hour that I could practice. But Sunday, it felt really good, and it was good to be back there uh, playing defense with the guys and, um, you know, testing it out and everything. On Sunday, it was it was four weeks since, uh, since I strained it. So getting there uh, to the point where, you know, I'm going to play this weekend and then give it my all. And uh, I'm glad to be back battling with this team, this Army. Uh, and, ma- and make sure that that we end the we end the season out on top. I mean, you know, if, if uh, myself's back, Brody's back, Brendan's back, and 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 Jeff is able to go, then this is like the team that they originally had on paper what they envisioned in the beginning of the season. So, no excuses for uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think I caught what you had. You had your strained hamstring. I had my our lacrosse practice on Sunday morning uh, for a charity event in in July. And about an hour into it, I planted my left foot, went to push, and I felt like a little bit of a tear in my left calf. So that was an hour into our three-hour practice. I, I, I feel your pain, Rocco. Yeah. So for two hours, I'm sitting on the bench just watching everybody, and I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to see what I could do. Can, can I at least walk or drag my foot? And I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything. So it's like been loaded up with ice and heat for the last, you know, few days. So. It's like okay, I know how Brett feels. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not yeah, good. Well, yeah, you, you go from being a player to uh, a big cheerleader, and uh, you know, as much as I like cheering all my guys, I'd rather do it on the floor than than up in uh, up in the stands. So uh, I know what that's like. You know, going to PT three, four times a week, and stretching and doing all the stuff that you can. Uh, you know, it's it's not something that you want to have. Getting hurt sucks. Yeah, but okay, Brett. I want to thank you for coming on. I know it's like you know it was later than usual. You had up you know other things, which is which is fine. And yeah, that's you know, like I said before, it's understandable. You have you know other commitments, and that's great. And the fans just you know appreciate you just you know coming on, even if it's for you know two three minutes. Um, we want to wish you all the best this weekend. The guys, all the best. You have two games this weekend on the road, back to back. Then next weekend, it's the same thing, with the first one being in Rochester. Hopefully to take that season series from them, winning both games there, to give us that that advantage over Rochester. And then coming home to face the Minnesota Swarm again. And hopefully, you know, by that time, we could be celebrating a whole heck of a lot at that next home game on April 7th. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I think uh, I think uh, we, we have the, the pieces there to do it, and it's just kind of up to us to to capitalize on the opportunity which is uh, presented to ourselves. So, um, you know, thanks again for having me on the show, Rocco, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Brett, take it easy, and thank you again. Okay, that was Wings defenseman Brett Manny. Real quick before we go, he mentioned Philly Lacks Live. I want to put this out there. Philly Lacks Live will be on tomorrow night. I believe it is at 6... I, I want to say 6:30 um, on on Comcast Sportsnet. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to check this right now. I should have had this all already set up before I even did everything, but I didn't get a chance to ask Brett what everything was going to be. Um, okay, I'm sorry. On the Comcast Network on TCN, Philly Lacks Live is at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow night on the Comcast Network. It will re-air on Comcast Sportsnet at 11, somewhere around 11.33, 11.35. There's a Sixers game earlier that night. So 11, around 11.30 on Comcast Sportsnet and the Comcast Network at 6.30 tomorrow night. It will be Brett Manny and Scott Gabrielson Doing doing the show, um, going over the last last couple games from the Wings, what has been going on through the high school ranks, college ranks, as well as the Wings' upcoming schedule this weekend and what they have to look forward to the rest of the way. Um, and as Brett said, you could look look sounds like Brendan Mundorf will be back in the lineup. Matt himself, Brett Manning will be back in the lineup. Um, Brody Merrill. Hopefully Jeff Reynolds is good to go. He's ready to go. Brandon Miller will just be sitting out that one-game suspension. He'll be ready to go for the Colorado game. So these teams are going to be facing a Wings team that's supposed to be together 
from the very, very start of this season. So, you know, these teams are going to have to be on be on the lookout because it's going to be a completely different team altogether. So, with that being said, I'm going to close out the show. I appreciate everybody for appreciate everybody tuning in. So, tune in to NL Weekly Preview, which will be on Saturday at noontime, which I will be hosting. We'll go over a whole lot more. Until then, I'll see everybody next week. <laughs>